the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Kath, pleasure to see you. Happy to be here, John. I uh, turned on my... uh my phone this morning, or I shouldn't say I turned I probably never turn my phone off. I was going to say, when is it off? Um, I looked at my phone this morning, and on Facebook, apparently you and I were having a friendiversary. Yeah, well, that was a couple days ago. No, no, no. Mine was today. Because I know that you... <laughs> How can we together know. have different friendiversaries? Mine came up today. Oh, mine came up the other day. And we share... Oh, you didn't even like it. I posted <laughs> it, and you didn't even like it. No, that's <laughs> sad. Good. That's pretty sad. You know who liked it? Kenny Woods and your wife. <laughs> and, not, <laughs> and not you. And probably Mike's mom. I think you did that over the weekend, didn't you? It might have been over the it weekend. It was whatever day it came up that well, was our friend's anniversary. I was, <laughs> I was a little busy. <laughs> Kenny, your wife and Mike's mom. <laughs> anyway, mine came up today. I turned it on and... But you so, didn't post it. I did not. See, you I don't even not. care. You're not going to like my <laughs> post and you're going to post on your own. I mean, no. That's sad. How long have we been friends? How Nine years. years. Nine, Nine years. years. And we have 449 oh. likes. Do we? So, we share. Yep. <laughs> the exception of, of me liking yours. Which is sad. It, no, it's fine. No. Okay. Um, how long have your children been on Facebook? Uh, my one child is still not on Facebook. My youngest child is not on Facebook. She's not? No. Is that why? Because she doesn't like like it or care about Facebook. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, She's a, don't. a rebel. Yeah, well, she just, I think that, you know, there the aren't a lot of 13-year-olds that want to be on Facebook. Yeah, it's occupied by us now. Right. Right. It used to be a, a young hipster thing. It's not anymore. No, it's not. Yeah. I don't care. Um, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg is cringing that we're saying that. but it's He knows the truth. My older daughter is on Facebook. But I communicate with my older daughter mostly – I mean, if we're talking social media platforms, mm. mostly on Twitter. Do you? Mm. And my younger daughter uh, on Instagram. I don't get Instagram. I don't. I seriously, I don't. You're I, a photographer. Yeah. You uh, but how it. do you communicate with uh, – that's what I don't get. You know, I, I like, like the images, yeah. but okay. I don't – Well, wh- the, well you, you put a comment on the bottom and – That's it? Like, that's it. That's pretty lame. Well, but you're supposed to – but for the artistic value of it, you would say Yes. Yeah, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, L.A. Times. A precipitous drop in the happiness, self-esteem, and life satisfaction of American teenagers came as their ownership of smartphones rocketed from zero to 73%, and they devoted an increasing share of their time online. Mm. A coincidence? 
New research says no. Recent study in the journal Emotion, psychologists from San Diego State and the University of Georgia used data on mood and media culled from over a million U.S. teens to figure out why a decades-long rise in happiness and satisfaction among U.S. teenagers suddenly shifted course in 2012 and then started to decline sharply. Was this in response, they thought, to an economy? Um, did it – was some family issues? Whatever. Um, anyway, by 2012, half of Americans and roughly 37 percent of teens owned a smartphone. Uh, just four years later, 77 percent of Americans carried an iPhone, including at least 73 percent of teens. So let me get to the end of what it says. Evidence of the effect of smartphones on teens has been all over the map. Some studies show that the greater the time spent engaged in online content and social media, the unhappier the child. Uh, Others have found evidence that participation in social media plays a positive role, which has led some to suggest that there is a sweet spot of social media use and where it lies is anybody's guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. My guess that's probably pretty true, right? A sweet spot. So Mm -hmm. I, I would believe moderation in all things, but I think that... We're well past that point, whether yeah, you're 14 right. or 44. No, I agree. Or so finding the sweet spot, I think, is the important thing. But right. going back to the study, and again, I'm reading from the LA Times, they did find out that in this four-year period they studied, adolescents who spent more time on electronic communication, not just social media, but also texting, games, mm-hmm. the right internet, happy. they were overall less happy and less satisfied with their lives, mm-hmm. and they had a lower self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, TV watch- now, here's the thing. TV watching had the same effect. So it wasn't like the phone was somehow worse than the television. It just seemed as if all of those screen activities did make overall teenagers less happy. Yeah. You know what breaks my heart is when you're driving or you're out with a group of young kids or you see a group of young kids that there's <clears> – <throat> There's little group interaction anymore. All the interaction, everyone's together as a group, three or four pe- or people together. And that drives me crazy. They're looking at their phones. That drives me crazy. But that's the norm. Mm-hmm. I, I was driving by uh, in the middle of nowhere a couple of days ago, and there was a young man walking towards me with his winter coat on and his hood up, it was up, and his head was down as he was walking on the side of the road. And I'm thinking, remember the old days? You just, right, you just look up and... Yeah, you just mm-hmm. walk or be with your thoughts. Right. Right. Our friend Andy Crouch wrote a book just recently, uh, The Tech Wise, I couldn't think of what it was called there for a minute, The Tech Wise Family. family. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he says in there and that we talked about when he was on our show, and just this stuck with me, I thought about it a thousand times since he said it, is that creativity is only found on the other side of boredom. Yeah. So if you never allow your kid or yourself to be bored – you never will get the creativity that you should have that's lying inside you mm-hmm. and inside of your kid. It won't come out if you don't allow fallow time. Right. The wandering, the right. musing. So, right. Now, I've had creative times. I mean, yeah, I, how many times has, has this happened to you and I, John? We're trying to come up with an idea for the show and we say, okay, we're going to go in the conference room and we're going to sit there and we're going to think about it. Mm-hmm. But it Sometimes that nothing happens. Most of our best ideas have come when we're just like I was cleaning the kitchen floor and I thought of this. Do you think? Yeah, I think so too. If I'm driving, if I've just got time to sit, which has become increasingly more and more rare. Right. So deciding right now we're going to be creative does not work. But allowing intentional time 
that's to marinate. not right to marinate. I think that, at least in my experience, that's when yeah. we I've and been most creative. Tomes have been written about creativity, I'm sure, but if you're always engaged, how does the mind, you know, create itself? I don't think it can. Yeah, I agree. Okay, I so if, okay, so if really there's did. a sweet spot in smartphone usage, an hour a day. Did you just come up with that? Yeah. Just okay. One hour a day. Total aggregate. Yeah. Okay. Well, you and I hit that by about seven thirty. Exactly. And I don't mean PM. No, one hour a day. No, I'm talking about teens. I'm talking about kids. Okay. Okay, two hours a day. No, you're right. I, for Less kids, is more. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because kids don't have to be on their phones for school. Where we we have to no, be no, on no. our phones kids for work. Do, right. I mean, look at my kids. He's bringing home his laptop, and that's and so while he's on his laptop doing homework, he's also listening to music. He's also taking you know the surfing the you know web what? That and all that. Up another thing. Yada yada yada. When you're trying to work on something, say we're we're doing a project for work, or you have to write something, you're doing a blog or Silence. whatever it is. Me too. Be quiet. I need to be quiet. I cannot ever. <clears throat> ever listen to music when I am trying no, to write not. something. And I said that to my boy. Hey, come on, man. You know, he's like, no, 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 this helps me. I'm like, both of my, I, no way. I, mean, I think I want to allow for people to be different, but both of my kids listen to music Mine while too. they're studying. I cannot do that. New Mike. Yes. When you are trying to accomplish something like writing something or, you know, do, do you ever, li- can you listen to music? No, but I did listen. I did listen to classical music before. I would study in college because while you were studying. Okay, well, I've heard a lot. There's actually there have actually been studies done about the, the, of the helpful of classical music, the helpful yes. nature of classical music in just general brain power. Right. Mm. Did you feel like that helped you? A little bit. It calmed me down. Classical music just calms me down. Let's me level headed. Okay, so it might be an emotional thing. I guess it, so. Okay. Yeah. But if you were doing something for work, like if you were trying to write something, you would, you would never listen to music. Absolutely not. No, me neither. I okay, how about this? I'd be too distracted. Kath, your age, when you allowed your kids to have smartphones, how old were they? And Fif- Mike, you're next. My oldest daughter was 15. Uh, youngest daughter was 12? No, I think she was four. She might have been 13. Oh, so you, you got them different times. Yeah, because they're three years apart. Mm-hmm. So I think my oldest daughter was 15. But again, things have changed. Technology's changed so much that it wasn't like my older daughter was asking for one when she was 13. Nobody had them. Mm-hmm. It's, but I remember, so we've had our phones. How long have you had a, an iPhone? Six At least years? 10 years. No, not 10 years. No, yeah. No, not 10. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I haven't had an I iPhone have. for 10 years. I have. No, because there weren't even, no. There you, were didn't 10, have yeah, an I, yeah. you didn't have an iPhone 10 years ago. Yeah, I did. Because no, because you had an iPhone. We got iPhones at the same time. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. This is why they created couples therapy. No, <laughs> no I've had a, I've had a, an iPhone, I'm sure, for 10 years. You haven't had an iPhone longer than in I've had an iPhone. 2008? June 29th, 2007 was the first time it was introduced. Yeah. So I'm sure I've had 2007. I'm sure okay. I got an iPhone in 2008. I have no doubt about it. Okay. Well, you didn't. I had an iPhone before, before you worked here. Oh, you did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought we got them at the same time. Really? I thought we got them at the same time. Because I've worked here a couple of years before I had one. I, no. They like John so much. They were like, hey, let's give him whatever he wants. But Kath, yeah. we're going to hold back and see how it pans I'm out. I'm not sure. Well, okay. I guess I have to go think about that. But I need some quiet time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. 
our, our, our series continues today, our conversion series. Yeah, and you know, one thing we haven't talked about much is how you can respond to the series. We've had a lot of positive feedback, um, but we'd love to hear from you, hear what you think about the series. And good, perhaps, bad, or otherwise. It, right, good, bad. And if you want to share something about your own story, we would love to hear that. So you can direct message us on social media, uh, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, you can find us online at John and Kathy mm-hmm. Um, that's our main portal. That's our main website. And you can send us a message through that. You can also find us on email. Um, you know, you just look all that information up at wordfm.com. Uh, but we'd love to, we'd love to get in touch. Wouldn't we, John? <laughs> yeah. He's still trying. He's over there looking off in the space. Are you trying to figure out when you got your iPhone? Yes, I am. Sorry. I am. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll take a break. Um, Jason Sharon's going to be with us. Yeah, we're going to talk about story and conversion. Coming up next. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. A true Christ follower is committed and submitted to the Word of God and the will of God as revealed in Scripture. Psalm 119. I love your law, O God. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Here's some great news. If you miss the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you signed up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program that's been around for 25 years, and they have hundreds of thousands of members all across the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $1 billion of each other's medical bills. Best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money. Think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have a lot to offer? Well, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. The Forevermark Diamond Tribute Collection. For your courage, passion, determination, for your tenderness, spirit, and the way you love. For all that you are, the Forevermark Tribute Collection. A diamond for each of your qualities. Forevermark. Beautiful, rare, responsibly sourced. Explore the Forevermark Tribute Collection at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Are you a member of the Word FM fan club? If not, what are you waiting for? Members of the Word FM fan club get early bird information on local concerts and events, as well as exclusive discounts, free perks, and big giveaways for fan club members. Sign up now. It's free at wordfm.com. 
Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships. The Word FM Fan Club at WORDFM.com. Next mic. There you go. Okay, now and put the, put the pot up. There we go. No, put there we go. Put the pot up. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's new here. <laughs> it's like the Wright brothers, just working it out one thing at a time. Okay, so are we on Facebook Live? Is that the deal, Mike? Are we doing this now? Is that a yes? We're getting a response. No, no we're, we're not. We're nothing. We're no, nothing. We're not. All right, so we're going to try some new technology. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is going to be a big day in the studio. You know that we like Father Sharon because we figure we're going to try something new and we're going to invite a guy who's just easy and good and will be able to go with the flow. Father Jason Sharon is with us. And he's not going to be unimpeded by the technology. <laughs> no, and go, what am he's I, not going to be impeded. But what have I gotten myself into? Father, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, Jason. <laughs> yeah, temper that, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jason, we're in the middle of a series. Um, different than anything we've ever done before on the show. Um, we've done series that are subject-based or, you know, we're trying to hit a particular issue or something like that. But we've we've never actually just asked people for their story, how they came to faith and what it was like. Yeah. And um, I think the, the coolest thing – well, there, there are many great things about the process for us. But one of them has been that, you know, for, for um, you all who join us on a monthly basis – we know you and we've gotten to know you, but we realized that when we haven't heard that initial story of how someone came to faith, we felt like, oh. what were we doing all this time? That we never right. knew that. You know, you know what I mean? That's how significant it yeah, is. Yeah, that's how, that's how it's significant is the right word. So, so you're a priest. You're, you're talking with people all the time about faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you often sense that, that you know people, but then you don't know how it's happened for them or how it's happening for them if they're in a process? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Some of our relationships in church are very superficial. Like you see them every Sunday. Hey, how you doing? What's right. new? How are the kids? How are the family? What's new? What's, how's work coming along? Um, but uh, we, we gloss over the uh, the major turning point in their life. Uh, so I find that to be the case. Um, and uh, I know in my own in my own story, uh, uh, it was it was kind of dramatic. But uh, um, the people I meet at church, they don't ask me, you know, how, how I came to this point. Okay, so now isn't that interesting? Is that because you're the priest and so what, it was too, it was too personal of a question? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I think maybe that's maybe the reason. But you've never volunteered it from the pulpit? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm there to preach, you know, the Word of God. I'm not there to preach Jason. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so. Okay, but here's the thing. Your testimony isn't about you. Well, that's I mean, true. you're an actor in it, but it's not like it's your story. That's God true. in your life. Yeah. But you know, if if it if it's told too many times, I think. Oh yeah. You know, right. uh, sure. so uh, uh, I try and save my silver bullet for when yeah, <laughs> it's going to count. That's good. So we talked to you today about conversion, and, and you were like, "Oh, I'm with someone right now who's got one of those stories." Yeah, I don't want to give his name, but it's funny. Like when you called and said, "Told me about today's show." Yeah. Uh, I looked at the the friend I'm with, and and uh, he's just coming on off of a, a really big conversion. 
Um, and uh, he is he worked for a very prominent uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, company. Uh, I don't want to give the name of the company, but everyone would know. And, and he's uh, uh, an excellent, excellent person um, uh, in terms of his qualities, his intellectual qualities, his uh, interpersonal skills. Just a you know uh, the best of the best. And uh, so he worked for a company, and uh, they went to um, a very exclusive. Um, um, place in the Caribbean, you know, as on a company retreat, and he was uh, just kind of walking on the beach, as he told me today, and uh, he saw one of the leading executives of this very, very prominent company um, on the beach, and he came over to him and, and said, oh, what are you reading? And he said, I'm reading the Bible. And uh, that kind of pulled him back, because this guy's kind of a uh, this executive that he was speaking to is an Ivy League type. He's just uh, top of the game, you know, perfectly coiffed hair and uh, uh, perfect clothing and on top of his game, well poised, all that stuff. And uh, he said, oh, he thought, well, you're, you, don't, you don't really seem like the kind of person who's, who's religious. And uh, he said, no, it's, uh, and why would you read the Bible, he asked him. And he said, well, it's, isn't that kind of like, you know, reading a novel for the second time and you already know how it's going to end? And the guy said, no, it's every time you read it, there's there's a, a depth to it. And, and you you go deeper and deeper into it. And God gives you uh, some spiritual understanding that you just thought you had before. But every time you read the passage, it, something deeper comes in. And that always stayed with him. You know, that always stayed with him. And he uh, uh, so the first part of it was the word of God. The second part of it was this this uh, executive on the beach said, you know, when we go back home to Pittsburgh, there's a you know, kind of a men's group I'd like you to come to. If, if you'd like to come, come. And he uh, he took him up on the offer and uh, uh, went to the meeting, and there they had an offer to attend uh, a more regular Bible study. You know, so, how, so much of this conversion is rooted in, in the Word of God, you know. And uh, so that's how it began with him, is just uh, seeing someone that he had high human estimation for, mm-hmm. and he saw how this man uh, humbled himself in front of others by by reading something, the Word of God, that... You know, this world kind of looks down upon, yes. you know. And uh, he thought if this man, this he's a leader in, in, in the executive world, if he is enthralled by this book, then I get I have to get my heck together and uh, I've got to start reading it as well. Interesting. So when you go to a bookstore or look online, you know, uh, the billions of dollars, I'm sure, spent every year on leadership workshops and leadership mm-hmm. books and yeah. all that. I mean, there's the Bible. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, your friend who's well-versed in corporate America and all that, he's been to all these different seminars. It's interesting to think about an older guy. I'm always curious about people in their, you know, 50s or 60s. You kind of think, what took you so long? Or how did this not happen before? Because oftentimes we come to faith at an early age and not a later age. Yeah. I think for some people... um, um this is going to sound bad, but you know, some people are, are intellectually a little, um, uh, sorry, spiritually a little um, slow to learn. Like they, uh, there are some of us like me in, in, in baseball. I never, I never went very far in baseball because you know I just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And the coach like, you, it didn't work the first time. It's not going to work the nineteenth time. Just stop that, and you got to learn the right technique, right? And uh, some people are kind of like that in their um, in their spiritual lives, as they they. Um, uh, in other areas of their lives, they're very advanced. You know, maybe in finance and in uh, their professional lives, they're geniuses. But in their spiritual lives, they they just um, you know they're slow learners. And then all of a sudden, uh, something clicks. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it may take fifty years, and all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, you know, all of these I've tried everything. I've crossed off every box, uh, one through twenty-four, 
And finally, when I get to 25, it clicks. You know, all this time I've tried everything, and those things weren't fulfilling. And, um, yeah, for some people, mm-hmm. they're just, you know, they it takes them a little longer to, to come to faith in Christ. God's uh, time. But when they come, they come in the right time in God's time, Kairos, and they bring a lot of gifts with them, you know. And I think that's maybe part of God's plan is that he wants them to come uh, into the church at a point when they have all these natural gifts that can be put at the disposal of the church. And had they come into the church when they were 19 years old, they wouldn't have accumulated a lot of that you know, practical mm-hmm. wisdom. That can be used as a tool for, for, bringing, uh, for bringing more fish into the kingdom of God. We're talking to Jason Sharon from Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. Um, information about Jason available right now on our Facebook page, The Ride Home, with John and Kathy. So, Jace, um, when we think about hearing people's stories. Um, I think it's a it's a gift we don't offer to each other very often. We don't often take the time to sit down and say, so tell me about you. Mm-hmm. You know, that we, we just, is that something, wait, I shouldn't ask. I shouldn't assume that. That's something I don't do often. Is that something you do often? Um, I mean, we, I, I don't do it in front of other people because it, it's it's like asking someone about you know their private lives, you know their marriage or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's delicate. It's, it's delicate, and uh, you may be opening up something, and it's going to all spill it on the floor. You know, they're just not not ready. You know, they're not ashamed of it. You know, they're they're very proud of it, but they're um, they're not ready to uh, to put that intimacy because mm-hmm. that's what the relationship of Christ to the soul is. It's an intimate marriage. They're just not ready to put it out there for intro, for for public inspection yet. So you have to know. Uh, okay, so that's a that's a good thing that you've brought up. We haven't really talked about this this week. Is that telling your story requires a certain degree of vulnerability and trust? Yeah, and trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and so we're so privileged that so many people have decided they wanted to, to share that story with us and with our listeners this week. Um, and if you're just joining us, the conversion series is at the five o'clock hour of each of our shows this week, and all our content is available online at johnandkathyshow.com. But that is a that's a it's a it's a scary thing. Yeah, as you say, it's vulnerability. You know, is uh, um, I know when I first uh, you know came into the, the I don't want to say the fullness of faith. I mean, like I, I was baptized and uh, received confirmation as a child. But uh, when I really began to make it your own, make it my own. I, mm-hmm. I guess the words appropriation. You know, uh, it was it was radical, and it was I mean, it was literally like a night and day thing, um, and uh, it, it was. It was 180 degrees, you know, and for me, it, it revolved around the, 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 the right to life um, and, and standing up and being counted. And uh, um, it was a very public thing. You know, the, the local newspaper kind of interviewed me and I... Really? Yeah, it was, it was like a week before that, three days before that, I never would have done it. And, uh, and all of that was because of my best friend's mother who uh, put me on the spot and made me accountable. And she kind of nurtured me for a number of years. You know, because I'd always go over there and play baseball and hockey, and she was a, a just a, a a mighty warrior of a woman in, in her faith, and uh, raised seven kids. And uh, um, but she, so with her 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 kids as friends that'd come over, she'd always plant the seeds. But then one time she just kind of made me say, you know, you got to take a stand on this. You're for it or against it, and we're going down to protest against abortion. Are you coming or not? How old were you? I was uh, I was fifteen, sixteen. And when you came home with that newfound faith, what did your family say? Well, I, I tried not to let on. You know, I, I didn't know what to do with it because... It's a lot. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'd go out Sunday, the earliest mass on church on Sundays. Um, 
before anyone in the house woke up, you know, so they wouldn't know. And, uh, um, and, and then I, and word kind of got out. Um, but, but word really got out when I was, you know, in the newspaper so that, you know, <laughs> the, the, I go down and I'm protesting and, and, and they're all, we're all praying in front of this uh, politician's uh, office, uh, praying for her to change her, have a change of heart, you know, to, de- instead of killing babies to, to defend babies and the right to be born. And the, the local media show up and there are all these people there. And the one person that they choose to interview is, you know, is me. And so my, my dad comes home with the newspaper like the next day and plops it down, you know, what's this all about? And, uh, so I, I just uh, I became uh, I became an apologist all of a sudden <laughs> overnight. You know? So he wasn't mad. He was actually rather proud of me. But uh, uh, yeah, so, so that that's that that's how it came for me. It was being challenged uh, and being mm-hmm. challenged on on uh, in a countercultural way, and uh, I, I find that to be um, uh, really uh, a challenge. A lot of young people uh, need to hear today. You know, mm-hmm. kids are naturally rebellious. I think in our culture. Uh, so why don't we use that to our advantage? Yeah. You know? So issues of social justice, which for a lot of people would say, well, yeah, an abortion for a lot of people is a social justice issue, whatever yeah. that may mean. Yeah. Right. But there it is. And so you grab onto it and it has a little more strength and deeper legs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it's a, a social justice issue that has that actually has roots. It goes yes. down deep. It's not just this artificial stuff. This goes down to the right to life. And it goes down to the ultimate right, which is the right that God has to be worshipped. And for those uh, to whom he gave life, that, that we would uh, give him uh, praise and thanksgiving. That's the, that's the ultimate act of social justice. Yeah. Father, uh, talk about the Ukrainian Catholic yeah, Church. Tell us. You meet when, where, how does that work? Uh, every Sunday, uh, 11 o'clock, we, uh, we, we sing the whole thing. Uh, our and... You know, uh, ten minutes. The whole thing is sung. The whole you really service. Sing the whole thing. Yeah, we sing everything. I Beginning. Knew is, that. Yeah, we uh, eleven o'clock bell rings, and the first thing is, "Blessed be the kingdom of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, always, now, and under ages of ages." And then everybody is a response. Amen. Amen. Okay, what if what if somebody's there and doesn't know what to do? Get the heck out of my church! <laughs> no, no, no. no, it's a, we we. Uh, uh, I try to have people s- seated near uh, newcomers, follow along, and follow along. So you okay. get lost. You have hey, we're on page fourteen. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, it's uh, we have we have great music, uh, great music. I love my my one of my favorite parts is when we just everyone just sings how holy our God is. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and immortal, have mercy on us. Then everyone piles in. It's just beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. I never get tired of Are it. Are any parts in in Ukrainian? Not at the eleven o'clock liturgy. At the uh, at the eight thirty liturgy, we have uh, it's in Ukrainian, and uh, that's equally as beautiful. Wow, very nice. All right. Jason Sharon, Holy Trinity Ukrainian Catholic Church. Jason, it's always good to see you. Thank you. Glory to God for all things. Amen to that. We'll take a quick break. Be back. Uh, we got more ahead. Conversion series at 5 o'clock. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. I'm just so upset. I, I'm having so much trouble getting to sleep. Only to wake up in the middle of the night worrying all over again. I'm wearing down. There's no one I trust. No one I can open up to. But I've got to find someone I can talk to. I can't keep going on like this. She found help, and so can you. We are Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. 
Our Christian counselors are all licensed, trained, and experienced, qualified and certified by the state board. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing from the comfort of your own home. We'd like to invite you to try your first week free by going to FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word HELP. That's FaithfulCounseling.com and use the invite code word HELP to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us. The flu is getting around this time of year, but fortunately, MedExpress is open 8 to 8 every day. Their full medical team will help you part ways with that flu, cough, or other nasty viruses keeping you down. Just walk in. No appointment necessary. MedExpress Urgent Care. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Clearing skies for tonight, going down to a low of 25 degrees. For tomorrow, mostly sunny with a much milder afternoon. Highs right around 50 degrees for tomorrow. Increasing clouds tomorrow night, low 37. Then mostly cloudy but staying mild Saturday with occasional rain for the afternoon and evening hours. High Saturday, 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. This day in history, John. Yes. As, I don't know how you feel about this. I, I don't know if it'll be a surprise to you or what. But uh, on this day in 1961, President JFK held the first presidential news conference carried live on radio and television. What? Yes, that is true. So you are surprised. The, wait, wait. So I wonder – so radio and television. I wonder if there was – in the past had been news conferences just on radio – but the inclusion of television that seems like that. I, that I don't have. I don't me. have the details of that. I have a hard time believing that. You think about you know Eisenhower, right? Nick. I mean, well, think of all the radio dresses there were during yeah, World yeah, War yeah, II. Yeah. So, but a press conference is different because it would require group participation, right? So someone has to come up, and you can't plan it. Yeah, it's not scripted. So someone shows up and says, uh, you know. Tom Jones from United Press International mm-hmm. or whatever, right? They've got to step in front of the microphone. It creates sort of an artificial atmosphere, which, you know, look at – well, look at news conferences today. I mean, I don't know. News conferences today are a train wreck. Yeah, they're, you know, free-for-alls. But I'm sure at that time they were very formal. Oh, I'm sure they were, and I'm sure yeah. that the, the press was very respectful you and got that right. a, a lot's different. Did Was JFK killed in 62? It's three. 63. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was a couple years before he was he was killed. All right, um, another question for you. Yeah. Uh, back in this, I'm still talking 1960s. Okay, but I'm springing forward to 1967. Okay. Uh, a 30 second commercial for the Super Bowl. So what was the first year? The 67 was the first. That was year the first of the year of the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, so 30 a 30 second, second commercial. commercial. Do you know? Do you have any idea how much it might have cost? Mm. It's still a lot. I mean, this is not a small number. A hundred and twenty thousand dollars. No, only forty two thousand. Okay. Okay, so for the As very su- first Super Bowl, 1967. Thirty second spot. Thirty second spot. $40,000. $42,000. Okay, now the average income in 67 was probably. What do you think? $12,000, $15,000, somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. That sounds good. Uh, let's fast forward to today. Was it $1.3 million? 
For a 30-second spot? Yeah. Wrong. How much? Five. Five million. Five million per 30 seconds. Now, can you believe that? That's just that? the airtime. Not no. That doesn't include the... The agency fees, the production fees, the actors, all that together, which I'm sure is another I'm $5 sure it, million. I'm sure, especially if you're putting together a good spot, are, which yeah. is what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to yeah. spend $5 million on it, you want to make sure it's a good spot. So yeah. how much money does that mean you've spent on it before you even get to that spot? Yeah. $5 million. I wonder about the effectiveness of that, if you know, the, it's well, been tracked. Well, why would they – it has to be because they could never charge that rate if it wasn't tracked, if they didn't have data that they could sell. Well, yeah, but when you see like a, a commercial for Budweiser or Lay's Potato Chips, you know, the standard American brands that we've grown accustomed to, how much of that bump during the that, – that to me is just sort of um, more of a vanity thing, that we're taking our place and saying it's just kind, we are well, here. It's it's just As the a, reiteration of brand name. But remember whenever like the early – remember GoDaddy? Mm-hmm. When GoDaddy would do those really horrific yeah. ads. Doing, yes. And you would think, what even is GoDaddy? There were several years I was like, what is what's that? GoDaddy? Some girl in a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, whatever that is, I you know, that's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So it helped that brand because it raised brand right. awareness. Right. Even though we didn't know what it was. But then you look at a brand like Doritos – or something. Yeah. There are very few Americans that don't recognize that brand name. So yeah. they're not doing it to introduce you to their brand anymore. They're doing it to what? Take I mean, their place. That we are a major American brand. And we're funny and interesting and engaging. And you want to be just like us. And so we're going to pay $5 million sure. to convince you. Yep. Take a break. We're going to talk about what we get wrong about giving our testimony. That's next. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. The Bible is not primarily a rule book. The Bible is primarily a guidebook. You can find loopholes in laws, but you can't find loopholes in principles. There's a difference. Learn about the fundamentals of your faith with Adrian Rogers as we get back to the basics this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper and deeper in credit card debt and you're not sure how to fix the problem? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management is a nonprofit organization that will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges and reduce your interest rates by as much as 60%. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. It's not a loan. It's a smart way to relieve your stress, meet your obligations, and preserve your self-respect. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free, no-obligation debt analysis. 1-800-793-9159. That's 1-800-793-9159. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. 
For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Larry Levin, and I've been on the trading floor for 23 years. I was one of the biggest traders in the S&P pit. I'm also the president of Trading Advantage, a leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional day traders. Now, for a limited time, I'm offering one of the trading techniques I use to make $1.9 million for free. Get started right now by calling 800-288-0092. Leave your email address on my voicemail, and I'll email you my free trading technique and my daily insider market report at no cost to you. This is the very information I use to build my fortune. I was getting ready to retire. I still needed to make extra income, but I didn't want to work for anyone else. Because of Larry and his excellent instructors, I can trade successfully for myself, and I'll never have to work for someone else again. Fire the stockbroker and hire the most dependable person you know, you. Again, call in the next 90 minutes and leave your email address on my voicemail. Call 800-288-0092. That's 800-288-0092. Hey, thanks for being with us. All this week at 5 o'clock, we've been presenting to you pre-recorded conversion stories. And what strikes me about a lot of them, you know, over the past few weeks, we've reached out to about 25 people. And we said, hey, would you be willing to do this? Just tell your story, which has a lot of benefits because even though we think we know people, when you hear the story, you kind of go, oh, I had no idea. How'd that happen? But generally, I would say the, the large majority of people who have joined us, when they were first asked to do this, they said, well, you know what? I've been a Christian, a cradle Christian. I've heard that. I've been a cradle Christian. So my story is not really that interesting, but I'll be happy to tell you anyways. And then they tell us this fabulous thing, something. It's a you know, tremendous story. Yeah. Something about, you know, their childhood or their parents or, you know, some weird little thing. And it didn't have to be great and big and dramatic, although clearly we had some of those as well. But our, our next guest, um, Becca Vandekamp, she wrote a piece at Relevant Magazine called What We Get Wrong About Giving Our Testimony. And, and it highlights both sides of that street, mm-hmm. the sort of seemingly mundane mm-hmm. and, of course, the, the highly dramatic. Uh, Becca, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi. Nice to be here. Thank you. So, Becca, we're in the middle of this series, and uh, we've had about 25 people uh, come and share their stories of conversion. And they are as unique as the people are. Every single one of them is is different, is amazing, is profoundly uh, thought-provoking. Um, and so in reading your article, I really appreciated that you said that no matter how your Christian life begins, carrying it out is complicated. And so there are hills and valleys. You say spurts and lulls in a Christian life are normal. Well, that's completely true. It's When I wrote that article, I was thinking through um, all of the testimonies that I had heard, and what was missing from almost all of them was the idea that you don't have to be perfect right now. Um, Jesus makes you whole, but perfection is a later thing. Yeah, because the day-to-day thing, right, once Christ comes into our life, it's not as though we're stamped with a gold steel, or we're stamped with a gold seal, and we're perfect from that day forward. I mean, every day we mess up continuously. Yeah, except, like, the whole 
period after faith is still continuing life. Like you're you're not just going to skip out on every temptation there is. Yeah. Like Jesus made it through just fine, <laughs> but. Um, I think that Christians put a lot of pressure on themselves to even go so far as hide the things that aren't going perfectly well. Mm-hmm. And they're missing out on this whole, well, we are missing out on this whole opportunity to help each other through um, areas that we need it. Yeah, I think that you know, the idea of sharing your story uh requires some vulnerability. We just talked about that in our previous segment. So that's the first thing. Oh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, but the second thing is it requires some sort of relationship as well because you don't want to kind of lay out this intimate story for someone that you don't know or someone who you don't trust to respond in a way that's going to be edifying for you. I I think that's a really big part of how this kind of template came about where Testimonies are all about the past tense. Like I use that in my article as well, this idea that we only talk about what has been, but not what's now and not where we're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there is a fear of vulnerability there. And um, it's easy to feel insecure with things. Like It's different if you're talking about something in the past that you overcome and can be proud of or can just leave there. But the now, that's, that, that is really vulnerable. So, Becca, are you saying, do you think that somehow new Christians are being sold a false bill of goods in some way? That, you know, who presents the idea that, you know, once you're saved or once you've got that relationship in place, those baby steps, you're good to go and nothing's going to change? Where does that false narrative come from? Well, I, I think it's the good intentions behind testimonies just... It's one of the poor outcomes. Like I, I work with uh, the homeless population, specifically with youth, and um, over the last 10 years of working with youth especially, I've found that when the topic of faith comes up, they feel like they're not good enough. And I think that a lot of that's coming from this idea that once you say yes to Jesus, you have to be perfect. Otherwise, either when you said yes, you didn't mean it, or you're not good enough. Hmm. And that is so damaging. Like, I think the real audience to testimony should be just as much the unbeliever as the believer. And that you need to be able to tell new Christians who might not just flip on a dime and have everything in their lives perfect, that everything is going to be perfect. It's not. You're still going to struggle. You're still going to mess up sometimes. And while you should try not to, that is normal. So we want our stories to be, first of all, honest. Authentic. Yeah. The real thing. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a pie. it doesn't have to be this huge explosive event. Um, I know when I came to faith, I was seven years old. And I, I, I didn't really come to faith. I just, you know, I, I was already a believer. And then I was in church on Easter and I thought... Okay, well, I need. I guess I need to like accept Jesus into my heart. But I thought. Now, keep in mind, I'm at age seven. I thought that I had done it wrong because when I said the words, there was no Nothing thunder, changed. there was no bright light, there was no. I really expected something 
explosive or dramatic. So, right. I mean, over the next 24 hours, I accepted Jesus like 300 times because I kept yeah. thinking, <laughs> okay, sure you did it right. 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 I did. Clearly I said it wrong or I meant it wrong or like whatever it was until finally I went to my sister and I said, what it like, I don't understand what's wrong with how I'm saying this. Or, and then she explained it to me. But now I had not accumulated a lot of Christian culture at seven. I'm sure that people who have, who have experienced Christian culture for 20 or 30 or 40 or 80 years, sometimes they really think it's supposed to be explosive and they just need someone to say like, this is, there's a still small voice. It doesn't have to be a volcano. That's true. And there are stories that are like that. So it's, it's confusing. I, I think it can be really confusing to, to come to faith and have your story completely not match these other ones that you're hearing. Uh, I remember I went through the same thing. Like I, I don't remember ever not believing that God was my father and that I was saved and that he was good. And that's been my entire life. And I remember for a while, I went through a period where I said that I wasn't really a Christian until I was 19, because at that point, I was able to say that I had put a lot of things behind me. But what did I go and do? I did more stupid things after that. And so I I had to go through this process and evaluate um, what was true. And, And maybe I was a Christian the whole time, and sometimes I just sucked at it. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's the way it right? is. And at least you could say, and now <laughs> like, you can say that. Like none so, of us are killing it right now. Right. I mean, so when you were 19 and you were like, oh, gee, I, I suck at being a Christian. Uh, hopefully there's people around you that you could say that to so you didn't feel like a complete and total loser. Well, you know what? At, the, at that point, I didn't feel like there was. And that's kind of where this passion for this topic came out. Because I, I feel like as Christians, we put so much pressure on ourselves to hide our our dark stuff mm-hmm. because we we're embarrassed. Sometimes it's embarrassing to not be really well developed in your faith or to doubt or to get angry at God or to be ashamed. Like I think shame has such a horrible hold on the Christian church and I, I want it gone because when people talk about the fact that they messed up, then it makes a huge, huge difference or that they need help. I see that a lot with Christians with addictions issues of different kinds, and it's the help that they need, and sometimes they can't even find it in a Christian church because of that shame factor. Hmm. And and I want that to end. I yeah. like that to end. Really <laughs> yeah. And where writing about it comes from, I just yeah. Well, I, I want Christians to be free. Right. Well, if we make people afraid, um, or Shameful. we or or, sh- or shamed or anything like that. Clearly, we're working against what the gospel is trying to bring into their life, which is freedom, which is truth, which is newness of life. So, you know, whatever we can do to promote those things, then we know that we're on the right side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks an awful lot, uh, Rebecca. It's it's a good uh, good mindset, uh, sort of a, a cap for all of our conversations like this that. week. That it doesn't have to be this you know right. mountaintop experience. We're plodding along for better or worse. Right. And if we're talking to somebody else, we we don't need to give off like the best version of ourselves. Yeah. just the real version. Yeah. We'll do it just fine. For sure. Like I I think of the um, the early church as the apostles were writing them in well-intentioned groups who are totally on fire with the Holy Spirit, and they are just so excited in this new era, and they still needed reprimands all the time. (laughs) If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low, trying everything you can. 
From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. Proverbs 17.22 tells us that laughter doeth like good medicine. It's true. Scientists discovered that when a person laughs, their body actually releases endorphins into the bloodstream. These tiny hormones actually increase the body's ability to heal. So here's a question. When was the last time you had a good laugh with your spouse? I mean a really good belly laugh. Hi, we're Jay and Laura LaFoon, and we'd like to invite you to our ultimate date night, where you'll spend 90 minutes with your spouse laughing like you haven't laughed in years. Since 1996, we've been traveling the country using our unique style of marriage edutainment to seamlessly combine humor and biblical truth. So join us and have a great laugh with your spouse. Word FM presents The Ultimate Date Night with Jay and Laura LaFoon coming February 9th to Christ Church at Grove Farm. Tickets just $42 a pair. Special VIP package including dinner also available. Keyword date night at wordfm.com. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. Will you watch the Super Bowl? You know, we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you changed your mind. Because um, you were going to go like do something meaningful or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was lame. <laughs> No, but I, I didn't want to watch the Super Bowl either, so then I really couldn't pick on you. Because who wants to watch the Eagles play the Patriots? It's no like one. the worst well, ever. There are, there are Patriots it's like when the Ravens were in the and Super listen, Bowl. You know what? We got a really thoughtful letter about me saying I, I didn't want to do this. We got a very thoughtful letter from a listener who said that she was very sweet. She and was. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't right now off the top of my head remember her name. But she did say that she thought that we were being too hard on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, and look, if, if we were Patriots... She talked about Tom Brady as the family man, the whole thing. Okay. I know. But look, if, if they were our guys, would you not adore them? Yes, you would. 
believe me, if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were representing the city of Pittsburgh, which they don't, we would think that they were like I don't know the best things in sliced Come bread. On. No, no, of Come course on. we would. I don't think Le'Veon Look, Bell is the best thing since sliced bread, and he represents us. You would still love him. You I would. would. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. I have no doubt. I don't think doubt. I would. Not if they were a Come bunch of on. cheaters. Who wants to have your you would, team you would be a bunch of cheaters? You would find a way to get around the cheating. No, I would. Yes, you would. No, because you I, would, would make no, I would like to have some integrity in my life. And I don't think I would. Look, how many, I wasn't cheering on Le'Veon Bell when he didn't show up for training camp. I, I think the world we live in in professional sports now, no matter what your team does, because they're your team, no, you stand behind no, them. No, no, no. We can't be is. that way, That's John. That's how we are, Kath. Come on. So will you watch the Super Bowl? Yes, but I'll play cards. Uh, I'll have it on in the background. Mike's going to come over and play cards. I don't know. I'm not even sure. I just might go for a Good, go fish is a good game. What about if Uno. we go over to John's house and play cards? Maybe John doesn't even want to play. But Maybe you it'll and snow. Mike and I will play. And you guys can come help me shovel my driveway out. You Wouldn't would that be great? That. I love it. Love it. Very nice. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The Justice Department's internal watchdog says his office has found missing text messages from FBI agent Peter Strzok, removed last summer from Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigative team. Inspector General Michael Horowitz says in a letter to Congress that his office succeeded in using forensic tools to recover messages exchanged between December 2016 and May 2017. Journalist Cheryl Atkinson tells Salem Radio News the number of important investigations that Mr. Strzok was involved in makes him a person of real interest. I find it hard to believe that those around him were completely unaware of his positions on matters, his stance, his inability perhaps to view things in a vacuum and in a fair way if he felt so strongly um, politically about certain things. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 141 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, the nation's oldest Chevrolet dealership. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. I'll tell you what, doors, particularly entry doors, have been huge for us this year. Energy Swings Donnie Dara. People have invested in houses in the early 2000s and a lot of those houses had builder grade doors in them. And unfortunately they need new doors and and we are a platinum dealer with an entry door company.
company by the name of Provia, and Provia offers fantastic doors, but to show that they're fantastic, we have an iPad app that we can take a picture of your home, the front door primarily, and actually look at those doors and build the door on the iPad, and you can change the type of color the door is, change the glass style, the shape of the glass, the hardware, everything. The curb appeal is just phenomenal. So Entry Doors has really been a big thing in the Pittsburgh area, and we're really on the cutting edge of that. Right now, get $500 off every entry and patio door this winter, plus a free video doorbell with your purchase, and an additional 5% for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Business is booming, and so is Christian Business Partners, where you'll find allies who share your values as you seek to serve God in and through your daily work. Now with seven chapters throughout the region, including new groups in Monroeville and Ambridge. Find weekly encouragement from 8.15 to 9.30 a.m. as you enjoy prayer and Bible study, fellowship, trade referrals, and make friends. Find your Christian business partners at cbp316.com. Caring for your parents. Learning you have a health condition. These are moments when people realize that where you get your medicine matters. And they look to CVS Pharmacy for advice and ways to save money. Plus, you can earn up to 50 extra bucks rewards each year just for filling prescriptions. So join us at CVS Pharmacy. Terms and conditions apply. Not valid on all prescriptions, including those purchased in Arkansas, New Jersey, or New York. Other state restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash pharmacy rewards or the pharmacy for details. Clearing skies for tonight, going down to a low of 25 degrees. For tomorrow, mostly sunny with a much milder afternoon. Highs right around 50 degrees for tomorrow. Increasing clouds tomorrow night, low 37. Then mostly cloudy but staying mild Saturday with occasional rain for the afternoon and evening hours. High Saturday, 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. If I've told you my story you would hear hope they wouldn't let go thanks for being with us this is day four of our conversion series we've assembled some of our friends a lot of voices if you listen to our show that are going to be familiar to you and perhaps some people that are new to you as well and these are people that we've all known for a long time john and i and new mike and so we decided to take this opportunity and say Okay, we don't want to talk about your latest project. We don't want to ask you to comment on a current event. We want you to tell your individual personal story. Yep. And through all these stories, over 20 people have joined us or will join us this week. Some of them are mundane, kind of boring. Some of them are hugely dramatic and over-the-top mountaintop experiences, so to speak. But all of them have one thing in the middle, that Christ is in their lives and in a new creation from that. that's We'll be talking about that throughout this 5 o'clock hour. So let's take a quick break. Step away. Conversion continues on this Thursday edition of The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Hey, I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Zach Williams shares how his life changed after hearing a special song. God's allowed me to have a platform to tell a story that I'm definitely not proud of, but I'm not ashamed of it either. And now I have songs on the radio that, that hopefully are doing the same for other people. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith, Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. 
W-O-R-D. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit ratings, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate, and a much better monthly payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-793-9159. My name is Ann, and we're debt-free for keeps. 1-800-793-9159. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsome of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church located in Forest Hills. At the same feast where Jesus identified himself as the I Am, he also made this claim of himself in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Again, Jesus identifies himself as the light of the world. No, he's not claiming to be the sun or the light that God created on the first day of the creation week. Jesus identifies himself as the spiritual light that shines in the midst of spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness is sin and unbelief. It is a darkness so deep that it blinds a person to the things of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus comes into that darkness and shines forth the light of life. We'll explain more later. Find out more about our church at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6778 preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because we're entering our 100th year in business. Hi, this is Tun Jokin from my friends at Calusi. How does any business last that long? Well, I've been buying cars at Calusi for over 30 years now, and I recommend them because, number one, you can trust them. Number two, they make the car buying process easy. And number three, they make you feel like part of the family. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. I'm Jay Farner from Quicken Loans. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%, APR 4.36%. But choosing the right mortgage lender involves so much more than just a rate. We've earned 12 J.D. Power Awards for client satisfaction. And we invented Rocket Mortgage, a simpler, hassle-free way to get a mortgage completely online. So choose Quicken Loans, America's number one online lender. Call 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Equal housing lender. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. If I told you my story, you would hear home. Ann Kennedy is a blogger and a mother of six children. She's the author of the book called Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. And here is Ann's story. Hello, this is Ann Kennedy. I grew up in West Africa in as child of missionaries. Uh, with Wycliffe Bible Translators. We went to Africa when I was uh, less than a year old, and I lived there until I was 18, with frequent visits back to the United States for um, college and university and um, trips home. 
to visit supporters and so on. There wasn't a time really that I didn't know God that I can remember. In fact, one of my very earliest memories as a child was of being out in the in a big field behind my house in Africa and looking up at a storm rolling in the the storms in Africa like the song says are pretty amazing and the rain comes quickly and the sky is overpowered by dark clouds and i remember standing and looking at the storm coming coming in and and knowing that god was there and of course i was very fortunate because my having the parents that i did they put a name very early on to that in knowledge that i had intuitively calling god jesus and giving me the foundations of faith and the vocabulary that's so important for the life that i have now so i don't i don't have a moment in my life where i would have said that i walked the sawdust trail and repented of my terrible sins uh, as a young person but i I, I just always knew that God was there and that he was basically good. I started to grow up and I went to boarding school at the age of 12. And it was a Christian school, a Baptist school. And it was a difficult place to be. I enjoyed a lot of my time there, but uh, it was really hard to be away from my parents. And the school, of course, looked at me as a a sort of an angry young person as time went on and thought, for sure, this person isn't a Christian. And so I don't think I fell into the... Um, I was always in the category of a person who was being encouraged to accept Jesus for the first time. And I don't know that I was ever in the category of a person who needed to be discipled as a Christian because nobody was able to tell that I was one. But I did uh, continue on in my faith as a Christian very quietly, without being known that way, probably. Uh, which And it surprised me as I grew up that a lot of my friends from school fell away. People who had been much stronger and more obvious in their faith had um, eventually fell away. And I, who had been so unknown and tentative and insecure, uh, kept going. So that was always a surprise to me. And then, of course, I did have a, you know, a kind of a crisis in college where I had to really face my own sinfulness. Although, for me, it really manifested more as a, a deep lack of perfection. So maybe this can be edited out because my children are arguing with me as I'm working on, as I'm thinking about this. And I would like them to confess their sins in a deep and profound way. But um, so I, I was in college, and I I was alone. I was in France for a year, and I, you know, I had that sort of ground-shattering time where you look at yourself and you can't imagine who you are and if you're worth anything. And I ended up going to Teze, um and spending. All the holidays that I had during that year um, in the, at that retreat center and meeting with a nun there and 
really experiencing in a way really that the, the way that I had as a child the deep love of God the the profound sense of God's presence and his work in my life after that I think I was more easily able to self-identify publicly as a Christian and I was able to um people began to notice that I was uh whereas before it hadn't been quite so obvious and then I I went on through college I um I ended up being really Christian and and being one of those people who would get up and go to church. The church that I went to in college, uh, when I came back to the States, uh, met at 9 a.m. And so I think I was one of maybe three or four students because I was there every week. And and I was there during the week. And I got onto the little committee that helped pick hymns. And I I just really embedded myself into church. And I, I, looking back, I see that that was unusual and that most of my roommates were still sleeping on Sunday morning, but I wasn't really paying attention, so I didn't realize how strange that was. And from there, I went to seminary um, in a sort of a fog, uh, the way that you do post-college. You're either going to go to work at McDonald's if you have a degree in literature or you're going to go on for more education, so I, I did that and I met my husband and um, we came to upstate New York and uh, are are still in the church, and now my children are there as well. Uh, the thing that I've, I've loved about being a Christian as an adult, as I've gone on, is that I have seen my, my own children experience the same kind of um, intuitive knowledge about God, and I've been able to say for them, to give the vocabulary of faith of uh, Jesus and see it unfold in their lives. And I've also spent the last 15 years working on um, a Sunday school program that really um, taps into that, the way that children know God and, and um, prioritizes on that and makes, takes advantage of that, that knowledge that's there and doesn't let it sort of go away and disappear. Um, and so that has been so rewarding for me. I have, I've loved watching my kids come closer and closer to um, Jesus in that way. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's such a mystery to me how faith even happens. Um, people who you think would be so together and that God would surely want them and would pick them. Uh, I often find I'm looking at them across a great chasm. They don't really have the same kind of knowledge that I have of God and his love. Um, and I think because it's been so there my whole life, I, I'm often at a loss about how to talk about it and how to um, articulate it to other people. Um, but I keep trying every day um, because it's it's the best thing. Um, so I mean, my 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 desire and um, heart even is that children would uh, be able to look up into the sky and have all the people around them say, "Yes, uh, Jesus is God, and He is good, and He loves you." 
and it doesn't matter how far away you go or how quiet you are or how loud, he will always be there if you call out to his name. So that's my my conversion, non-conversion story. That's Ann Kennedy, blogger and mother of six children. She's the author of the book, Nailed It, 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. And coming up next, the Reverend Jay Slocum. Jay works with the Made to Flourish Network, and he's also the pastor of Jonas Call, which meets in the east end of Pittsburgh, PA. And here is Jay's story. I think it's magnificent uh, the way that objects can evoke our memories. Uh, This uh, 1970s yellow plastic skateboard reminds me of uh, of church, believe it or not. And uh, the Sony Walkman, uh, before there was an iPad or an iPod or an MP3 player, there was the Sony Walkman, then the the Sony Discman. This object actually reminds me of the day I converted to Christianity and gave my life over to to Jesus Christ. You know, the skateboard is is something that reminds me of of church. And uh, the reason for that is that uh, uh, I grew up in a little farming community in upstate New York, about 100 miles from New York City, um, along the Hudson River. And in our town, we didn't have a lot of paved roads, but the church in our town, the... uh, Beekman United Methodist Church had a graveyard behind the church and it had the best paved roads in town. So I used to take the skateboard and uh, Sunday afternoons I'd ride uh, all through the church graveyards. Uh, interesting thing about that is I'd never went to church growing up, although my parents had me baptized in that very church on September 26, 1967, when I was three months old. Uh, they never took me to church. We didn't. Uh, pray. We weren't involved in any kind of uh, religious activity. So my life was spent really uh, waiting for the next skateboarder magazine to come out as a 10-year-old and uh, skateboarding behind the church in the graveyard. The irony of that, of course, for me was uh, that my ancestors had been uh, buried in that church uh, since the 1740s. And uh, every single chance I got, I was rolling by them, uh, really as a person who was spiritually dead, uh, rolling by dead people as a spiritually dead person with no understanding of uh, what it would mean to have hope in your life or a savior. Skateboard also uh, reminds me of my mom's church going. I love skateboarding, and around the time I got my skateboard as a 10-year-old, my mother started going to church. And before long, she started announcing to our family that she had become a born-again Christian. And uh, there was nothing more horrible that I could ever have heard than that my mother was, quote-unquote, a born-again It started just with uh, her taking us to church, then uh, 
holding Bible studies in our homes. Uh, before long, there were bumper stickers on the back of our mid-70s uh, town and country station wagon that said things like, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven, or uh, my best friend is a Jewish carpenter. And uh, I was horrified by that. I wanted to be a cool kid who uh, was pretending that he could live a life in the country like a skateboarder from Dogtown in the uplands of California. Uh, and as the years went by, my mother uh, stayed with this Christianity. It stuck. And uh, as I was riding my yellow skateboard through the graveyard, my mom was uh, getting her freedom from a yellow highlighter in her New Revised Standard Version Bible. This is it right here. This is the Bible that I would wake up every morning and go downstairs to get ready for school. And I'd see it open, a uh, new yellow highlighting. Oftentimes there'd be tears drying on the pages or spilt coffee. And really, you know, the reason why I eventually uh, came to become a Christian was because this story, this Savior who brought my mother from death to life uh, changed her and it changed my family. It changed the way uh, we lived. It changed the way my parents loved me. So it's a skateboard that uh, reminds me of church growing up, a yellow uh, skateboard. It's a yellow Walkman that reminds me, however, of my conversion to Christ. You see, uh, when I was 13 years old, um, I had heard enough of Jesus and enough of the fact that he loved me despite that I was a sinner from Pastor Wickstead in our local church and my mom in our uh, evening Bible studies that I, I really couldn't shake it. And uh, It was two weeks before my 14th birthday. School had let out. I was an eighth grader going into the ninth grade. I had all the coolest friends. I was the captain of the cross country team and and I was uh, I was hanging out with, with kids that were really uh, doing crazy things and getting me to do crazy things. And uh, I remember the day I was I was pushing my BMX bike down uh, the highway uh, with a Sony Walkman plugged in and I was listening to ACDC's Back in Black album. I had it all the way up and I had an amazing religious experience. My bike had gotten a flat tire and I was, I was pushing it and I was listening to this music that was uh, so dark and I heard Jesus say to me, Jay, if you keep living this way, if you keep rejecting me, your life is going to end terribly. I listened to him. I knew that he was right. I knew that I needed uh, a savior for my sins and I needed a master of my life because my life was out of control, even as a 13 year old boy. So I turned it off. I turned this, the tape off and, and I yielded to Jesus. I went home that day. I remember telling my parents that uh, I had finally um, relented and uh, decided to follow Jesus. I, I had become a born again. And uh, that really was the beginning of uh, a beautiful relationship that has uh, carried on for the last 35 years.
So it is incredible the way uh, objects can evoke memories. Uh, spin the wheels of a skateboard, and I, I'm reminded of church as a little kid. Show me a, a Walkman, and I think about the day I got saved. That was the Reverend Jay Slocum from the Made to Flourish Network, and he's also the pastor of Jonas Call, which meets, which meets in the east end of Pittsburgh. I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Every mattress has two sides, so why only use one? If you're considering a no-flip mattress, this is your wake-up call. Two-sided mattresses last much longer, so why is it hard to find a mattress that flips? At Original Mattress, every orthopedic mattress flips. Why? Let's just say selling a premium two-sided product that only lets you use one side doesn't fit our values. Don't let them sell you half the mattress at twice the price. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because the team at Calusi is entering their 100th year in business. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin from my friends at Calusi. As the new year rolls in, so do the huge savings on the entire line of Chevy cars and trucks. Right now, you can save over $9,600 on select 2018 Silverado pickups with supplier pricing. See dealer for details. And remember, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet. Find new roads. Everyone is talking about healthcare these days. America spends twice that of other developed countries on our healthcare system, yet our health ranks near the bottom. How can we stop spending so much and getting so little? By shifting to a system that gives more patients access to strong primary care. Primary care can help make America healthy again. To learn more about the benefits of primary care, visit www.healthisprimary.org. This message is brought to you by America's Family Physicians. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the ice for half the price. Print Skate Arena at South Point is offering half off public skate punch cards, 10 sessions, just $45. Or half off stick and puck punch cards, 10 sessions, just $50. Print Skate Arena, family entertainment on ice. Log on now to wordfm.com and look for the discount. Discount Shopping Club link. Are you tired of paying high fees and commission even when you lose your money? How would you like to never lose your money again due to market risk? Join Patrick Connolly for Retirement and Income Radio, Saturday mornings at 1130 on 101.5 Word FM. You can also call Patrick now for your free customized retirement and income kit and 115-page retirement and income book at 844-452-SAFE. That's 844-452-7233. Clearing skies for tonight, going down to a low of 25 degrees. For tomorrow, mostly sunny with a much milder afternoon. Highs right around 50 degrees for tomorrow. Increasing clouds tomorrow night, low 37. And mostly cloudy, but staying mild Saturday. With occasional rain for the afternoon and evening hours. High Saturday, 48 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. If I told you 
Welcome back to our conversion series, which has been all this week. Day four, we are happy that you're with us. We'd like to introduce you to Lindsay Carlson. Lindsay is a blogger and a mother of five children. Hi, my name is Lindsay Carlson. I grew up in a Christian family. We went to church every Sunday, and my parents prayed before meals. And I grew up thinking I was just born into it. It was kind of part of my identity. I thought I was a good person because I went to church. But underneath, I regularly felt like a fake, like there were two different Lindsays. There was the church Lindsay that tried to be good enough, and then there was the other Lindsay that could never be good enough. And I tell myself, well, I'm not that bad. I obey my parents. I get good grades in school. People like me. I'm active in my church's youth group. But privately, I knew I was also a gossip, and I lied if I thought it would get me out of trouble. And I cared way too much about people's opinions of me. And I was also obsessed with how I looked physically. I felt like to be loved and accepted, that I needed to look a certain way. And I never felt pretty enough. So I just constantly felt unloved and ashamed. Because I hated myself, I assumed that God must hate me too. So I assumed he was tired of how many times I'd tried and failed and that he was tired of helping me. And so I avoid spending time in his word and praying because it just made me feel guilty and ashamed. In high school, it occurred to me that the church had just become a social outlet. Um, I wasn't there to make uh, my understanding of God grow. I was there to make friends and to feel popular and to get guys' attention. But that switched at some point, and I realized I want to know more about God. And so I told my parents I didn't feel like I was growing and learning in the church that we'd been in, and I wanted to go find another church that would teach me how to love God and obey Him. And surprisingly, they were okay with that, and so as soon as I got my driver's license, that's what I did. I found a Bible-preaching church across town where I didn't know anyone, and I would sneak in the back and sit all alone. Now, I'll pause here to point out that up until this point in my testimony, I haven't even mentioned Jesus, because back then, Christ had no role in the Christianity that I claimed to practice. Jesus, the most central, pivotal player in the entire gospel narrative, wasn't the object of my faith. In my church growing up, there was a beautiful and enormous stained glass rendering of him with his pierced hands and the cross behind him. And in 15 years of sitting in the pews and looking at that picture, I didn't understand what he had to do with my salvation. I'd attended weekly services and youth group and VDS and children's musicals without hearing that Jesus' life and death on the cross and resurrection were all in order to pay the price for my gossiping and lying and idolatry and sin-loving hearts. The whole time, I thought he was just another Bible story character like Adam or Noah or Jonah. It wasn't until I started to hear the actual good news preached that I began to understand my sin and this ridiculous act of mercy. As I sat under the teaching of God's word and heard the gospel clearly articulated, slowly but surely my eyes and ears began to open. I had a hunger for God's word. I wanted to know and understand it. I desired to please God, not just to look good and impress people. I began to pray and ask God for wisdom and help. As a senior in high school, I knew I wanted to learn more about following Jesus, and so I chose to attend a small Christian college where I enrolled in Bible classes 
and I attended Bible studies, and I formed deep relationships with other serious Christ followers, and I began to grow in my relationship with the Lord for the first time. I realized that though I had spent the first 18 years of my life in the church, I hadn't actually been a Christian. I'd just been a moralistic Pharisee. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Christianity wasn't about cleaning myself up and being good enough for God. I needed Jesus to make me right before God. And in the spring of my freshman year, I made the decision to publicly profess my faith through the act of believer's baptism. And I spent the next 18 years reminding myself that my walk with Christ isn't about what I accomplished. It's about what he already accomplished on the cross. In the Lord's kindness, I met my husband around the time I came to faith, and he was the primary one who discipled me. When we married and graduated, we went into full-time ministry, and I've been a pastor's wife for almost 15 years. We have five kids. We've moved across the country away from our families, and we're planting a church in Baltimore, Maryland. My husband's the senior pastor, and I get to teach and disciple women, and I have the delightful privilege of writing and speaking about the life-changing truth of the gospel and the amazing love of God through Christ Jesus. All of these good gifts were not my own doing. They were not because I figured out how to be a better Christian. They are all uniquely because God, in his mercy, revealed himself to me. And by faith, I chose to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus and follow him with my life. That was Lindsay Carlson, blogger and mother of five children. 101.5 WORD. Hi, I'm Kevin McCullough. This week in the Christian Outlook, Democrats and the short-lived shutdown. They voted for the same thing that they opposed just a few days ago. We'll discuss the immigration issue that started it all. You know, what system you have? You need to be able to enforce that system. Otherwise, you really don't have a system. Be sure to join this week for the Christian Outlook and visit our website at ChristianOutlook.com. The Christian Outlook, Sunday night at 10 on 101.5 WORD. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because we're entering our 100th year in business. Hi, this is Tunch Yunkin from my friends at Calusi. How does any business last that long? Well, I've been buying cars at Calusi for over 30 years now, and I recommend them because, number one, you can trust them. Number two, they make the car buying process easy. And number three, they make you feel like part of the family. They're easy to find online at Calusi.com. 
Chevrolet, find new roads. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Dr. Jay Richards is the executive editor of The Stream, an assistant research professor in the Bush School of Business and Economics at the Catholic University of America. He's also senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. He's the author of the New York Times bestsellers Infiltrated and Indivisible. And here is Jay's story. Hi, this is Jay Richards. I guess my conversion story is probably like a lot of Americans that grew up in the mid or late 20th century. I was born into a church. I was baptized as a child, raised in a Presbyterian church in a a mid-sized town in Texas. And honestly, as a child, I can say I only ever met one person that identified as being an atheist. Uh, So significant, I still remember it. And so in many ways... Christianity was just sort of taken for granted. It was just something that I did and people I knew did. And it really wasn't until I got off to college that I had a crisis of faith and I think really truly understood what it meant, not simply to take Christianity for granted as this, you know, something that you are or you do, uh, but think about it as a real truth claim about the world. I found myself 500 miles away from home in a small, formerly Christian, very liberal liberal arts school, uh, and in some ways it's the most hostile place, I think, for Christians that are not well-formed, uh, because they might think that it's a, it's a Christian surrounding. But instead, I got my freshman year a course teaching the Communist Manifesto and another course teaching relativism. I mean, it was clear looking back that the purpose of the course was to, to cause young freshmen to have a kind of crisis of faith and to think, look, why believe that what I believe is true? Maybe, you know, people believe all sorts of things. And it was clear that that was the effect. And so for me, really, it didn't, it didn't disprove the existence of God in my mind so much as create a crisis of faith in which I realized, you know, I don't have any reason to believe that this is true, that God is really like this, that Jesus was God and was raised from the dead. Courses I was taking assumed the naturalistic worldview, uh, seemed to do it effortlessly. And suddenly I, I w- was struck with just this kind of gnawing question that, gosh, just because I happen to grow up believing this doesn't give me any reason to think it's actually true. Fortunately, or actually in the course of providence, someone had given me, I suppose for a graduating gift, a little C.S. Lewis six-pack of books. It's this little book that a packet that a lot of people get that has mere Christianity and miracles and uh, screw tape letters and the abolition of man um, all in one little box. I still don't know who gave it to me, but it was one of the only books that I had brought with me. And so I, I started looking at those books. I looked actually first at the book Miracles, which was written uh, probably 70 years ago now, a series of lectures by C.S. Lewis really challenging the naturalistic worldview. In other words, this, this assumption in the academy that 
There's just nothing but the material world, that everything that matters is matter, or that you know matter is the only thing that matters. That's one of the key elements of the secular worldview that's still alive and well in the academy. Turns out it was alive and well in the academy when C.S. Lewis was a professor and was writing. And so reading the book, as if it was as if it was written specifically to me. It, it uh, responded seriously to all the intellectual questions that I was struggling with. It didn't answer all those questions. What it convinced me of, though, is that the Christian worldview was able to make a, ro- a robust and serious response uh, to the secular challenges. I think more people lose their faith, not because they hear good arguments or evidence against the faith, but they have the impression that the smart, sophisticated people are unbelievers and that Christians only remain Christians by staying away from the objections to the faith. After reading Lewis, certainly miracles, but then mere Christianity, I realized, no, this thing is it's as intellectually serious and has very serious things to say about the world, and it can explain things uh, as well, or in fact better than a lot of the, the secular answers. And that Honestly, more than anything else was enough for me to go on and to start reading Christian apologetics. And for me, if I didn't, many people in some ways, simply an emotional experience or an existential crisis and an experience of the Holy Spirit, that's enough. And I think for most people, you know, everybody's not going to read philosophy or read C.S. Lewis. For me, though, I think God knew that I needed uh, both body, soul, and mind to feel uh, um, at home in the Christian faith. And so I'm really thankful for that. If I had not experienced that crisis of faith, I might now be uh, in mid-career and still just kind of a Christian that took this stuff for granted, but it never became an existential reality. So I don't wish this on other people, but I do think that all Christians, if, if you're really going to be a, a deeply committed and a converted Christian rather than a cultural Christian, you need to make that transition from taking the faith as something for granted, something that you just kind of simply assume, uh, to something that really becomes a part of who you are and becomes a part of how you think about the world. It becomes the spectacles you use to in, interpret the world and all the events and occasions uh, that that we encounter. The things I've discovered as an adult and as a practicing uh, thinking Christian who tries to see the world uh, using the Christian worldview, is that my spiritual depth since then has come primarily from crises and from bad things happening to me. That's a, sort of the struggle, I think, for, for many of us, is that uh, it's one thing to be converted, it's one thing to believe the faith and uh, to be living it, but it's another thing to become holy and to become sanctified. That's a lifelong process, and some of us maybe are, are drier clay than others, and so in my own case, this process of increasing sanctification has come again through crises, either very serious health crises or struggles with family or tragedy or struggles early on uh, in my marriage. Those have been become occasions for God, I think, to uh, tra- not only save me, but to transform my being so that it's more in the likeness of Christ. And so in some ways, I now I sort of I, I spend my time praying that uh, God will bring me f- more fully into the, his life, but that I would be less resistant so that it doesn't require tragedies uh, and struggles for that to happen. And I now pray the same thing for my children. I want, I, I sometimes pray, Lord, 
you know, make my children holy, but maybe not just now, just because I worry that by praying that, God may bring hardship on them, because sometimes that's that's the best way uh, as fallen creatures that, that we find ourselves more fully uh, in the life of God. And so, you know, whether some experience uh, conversion as a particular date, I don't have an exact date when I would say, well, on this day I was a Christian, not a Christian, the next day I was. Uh, instead, for me, it was a movement from taking it for granted, but not really thinking about its truth to seeing it as something that's true and is existentially real. That was Dr. Jay Richards, executive editor of The Stream and assistant research professor in the Bush School of Business and Economics at the Catholic University of America. He's also senior fellow at the Discovery Institute and author of two New York Times bestsellers, one infiltrated and the second is indivisible. And coming up next, you'll hear from Caitlin Beatty. Caitlin is the former managing editor of Christianity Today and is now editor-at-large. She's also the author of a book called A Woman's Place, A Christian Vision for Your Calling in the Office, the Home, and the World. And here is Caitlin's story. Hi, I'm Caitlin Beatty. And my conversion story is kind of a classic evangelical conversion narrative that nonetheless has sustained me um, through through ups and downs, through so many changes um, in the last 20 years in my life. I grew up in a, I would say, a nominal Christian home. My parents took us to a United Methodist Church. We moved around a lot. My father was in the military. They believed that taking kids to church was just what good parents did. But we never talked about God or the Bible or the cross at home. There was no integration of Sunday morning church into our daily lives. And that was true until I was 11 or 12 when we started attending a contemporary, uh, seeker-friendly United Methodist Church in Dayton, Ohio, which is where my parents live and where I'm from. And I was so taken as a 12-year-old by the joy and the the passion that I heard in the preaching, in the worship music. And so I was I was newly interested in this faith. I um attended several youth group events and one of those youth group events was a concert at a local church by Jeff Moore and the Distance, which was a popular CCM uh, rock band at the time. And enjoyed the concert. I went with a, a friend who was a Christian. And at the end of the the rock concert, there was an altar call. And I had never been to an altar call before. I don't even know that I would have called it that, that I had the language to understand it, but we heard a brief gospel message and an invitation to respond in kind of this classic way we were asked to stand up or to raise our hands to show that we wanted to make a decision to accept Jesus. And as a 12-year-old girl, I was, I remember feeling nervous about what the boys in the youth group would think of me. Would they think I was a dork? Would they make fun of me? 
but I, I was overwhelmed with this conviction. It doesn't matter what they think. I have to stand up. I have to make a decision. And so I stood up and I remember driving or riding home that night and I had this intense sense of peace and joy that I, even at that time, I realized was something totally new. And I, I look back on that and I'm, I realized that that was um, the Holy Spirit in me confirming my salvation. And so we, we talk a lot in Christian circles today about the altar call and are they manipulative? Are they effective? But that was a profound uh, change for me. That really set me on the path to following Jesus. I remember feeling a strange warmth in my heart. And, you know, later I would learn that that's the kind of experience that John Wesley experienced when he received Christ. I have been through um, lots of ups and downs since that night at age 12. I have grown in my intellectual understanding of God and the Bible and the Christian tradition. I have gone through loss and disappointment. I've gone through times of intense joy and fruitfulness. But I, I'm so grateful that I can point to a moment that really changed my life. Even though I was 12 and even though I don't listen to Jeff Moore in the distance anymore. And for whatever critiques we may have of the standard altar call, it was the thing that changed my life forever. That's Caitlin Beatty, former managing editor and editor-at-large of Christianity Today and the author of A Woman's Place, A Christian Vision for Your Calling in the Office, the Home, and the World. This is Jay Hagerman of Hagerman Law. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Hagerman Law, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit HagermanLaw.com. There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at Unbound.org. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the ice for half the price. Print Skate Arena at South Point is offering half off public skate punch cards, 10 sessions, just $45. Or half off stick and puck punch cards, 10 sessions, just $50. Print Skate Arena, family entertainment on ice. Log on now to wordfm.com and look for the Discount Shopping Club link. Hey, welcome back. We are so happy that you're with us as we go through our conversion series this Thursday, day four. You heard some great testimonies, people in the church, people out of the church, people in despair, just regular folks, just like you and I. I, I was thinking as I was listening to the um, the segments today that 
hearing a story, uh, someone's honest retelling of what their life was like and what it's like now. And by the way, it doesn't mean that their life was horrible and now it's perfect. It just means that there was a change at yeah. one point. It doesn't mean that they are perfected. It doesn't mean that it, they've got it all together now. It's not, nothing like that. But when I go through periods of doubt myself, one of the things that I continually do is I close my eyes and I think through people I know. I think through people in my church or people, John, that you and I know that we've been introduced to over the years. And I think of the change that they have gone through in their life. I think of who they were and who they are. And there is nothing that encourages me and spurs me on in dark times more than thinking of those people, thinking of those stories, because it reinforces the fact that this this thing that God does in us is a real thing. He really does change people forever. And and I think that's it, right? I mean, we talked during our 4 o'clock hour about... Just some progress, not perfection, right? That it is a long road. And we all, you know, how many times a day do you, do you sin? If you, do you keep count of that? Could, could you even do something like that? Your thoughts, your attitudes, your relationships, all that. I mean, it's just impossible to be sin-free. It really is. And still, grace is offered. The relationship is presented before us as the door is always open. Mm-hmm. So be with me. And come back again and again and again. To me, that's the power of it all. Yeah. Right. There's not a prescription here that we, if A follows B, then the C will happen. Because as human beings, we can't follow any prescription. We're just too weak. We're too silly. We're too sinful. And so it goes on. That's the power to me. Now, Kathy, you as a worship leader, you get to see the voices, the faces in the church Every Sunday, what a great spot to be in, and I'm sure it's also a horrible spot to be in. <laughs> it, it's an honest spot to be in. If someone doesn't like the song you're doing, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. I never thought of that. <laughs> Look me in the eye, and I will show you my disdain. Uh, yeah, it's going to be kind of rough. So what's uh, the pastor see? I mean, the right? pastor in the sermon. A right? lot. A lot more than you think he sees, I'm I'll tell sure you that. I'm sure it registers. Yeah. But, I mean, I... One thing about being up in front of a church regularly is that I have the faces in my head, you know, and and so when I think about names, I connect them to faces and those faces connect me to the stories I know about them and the things I know of them. And it just, I don't know, if if you need to be encouraged, if you need to be reassured that the thing that you believe in is real, then listen to these stories. Yeah. And and I, I would think this, listen to these stories. But as you engage with your family, with your friends, with the people in your life that you are intimate with, that there is relationship with, don't be shy to ask each other your story. Just tell the story. You know, what I love is that, again, it's not some great mountaintop experience most of the time. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to apologize if it's just, well, I was born into the church and my parents taught me this. and. I tried to struggle through. And so at age seven or 17, I accepted Christ, and it's been kind of boring since. I don't buy that for a minute. No, I don't either. I mean, even the most boring life is never boring, right? So the story's there before us. I guess it's what we choose to do with it in that conversation as we talk to each other. 
Tomorrow will be the last day of our conversion series. It'll start at 5 o'clock, like the other days this week. Um, We're excited to bring you the story of Clint Hurdle, who is the uh, manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, So we'll look forward to that tomorrow afternoon, along with three others. And I also want to encourage you to respond to the series. If you'd like to get in touch with us, direct message on Twitter or Facebook. Um, Find us at our website, johnandkathyshow.com. Send us an email. Um, Call the station. However you want to respond, we'd love to hear from you. Yep. And as always, we don't take uh, your presence here with us for granted one whit. We are always happy that you are part of our broadcast family, because in the middle of this conversation every day, is the praise and glory of Jesus Christ in our life. So, thank you. And God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. Have yourself a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.